I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello everyone and welcome along to the latest episode of the La Liga Lowdown podcast hosted by me, Ewan Mateer and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157. Now, I should start this episode off by explaining what was going on in the Spanish football calendar this weekend because it was a bit weird. There was no La Liga on Saturday, perhaps something to get used to if the European Super League actually shakes up the football landscape. But anyway, instead we had the 2020-21 Copa del Rey final on Saturday, just two weeks after last season's Copa del Rey final. Then, on Sunday we had eight La Liga fixtures that were actually supposed to be played as matchday 33, even though we've not had matchday 31 or 32 yet. But all the games not featuring cup finalists Barcelona or Athletic Club were brought forward and played out all across Sunday. If you're confused, then don't worry, because it was confusing. But all you need to know is that in this episode, we're going to recap the eight matchday 33 games that were played on Sunday and also the Copa del Rey final. And let's start with that, with Barcelona's 4-0 victory over Athletic Club as they lifted silverware again. Let's hear the sounds of the cup final to start us off, with Ruri Barlow coming up now to bring us the best of the commentary clips and post-match celebrations. The 2021 Copa del Rey final, just two weeks after the last one, was a match that came at both teams fast, after big disappointments in El Clasico for Barcelona, and then the 2020 Copa del Rey final for Athletic. In the first half, the match found a regular pattern, as Barcelona attacked relentlessly, but without incision. The game was being played exclusively in Athletic's half, and this continued after the break. When Unai Simon denied Griezmann from point-blank range, Coulez must have feared the worst, until an almost identical play put Griezmann in again. Alfredo Martinez of Onda Cero there. Just three minutes later, Frankie Dion got reward for performance dripping with quality. He nodded home a Jordi Alba cross, and he would once again be integral, as Leo Messi did this. <laughs> 
va de uno, Messi se va de dos, recuerda el gran Messi, balón para De Jong, De Jong, Messi vaya a pared, aguanta la de holandés para el argentino dentro del área, enfila Núñez, aguanta, le quiebra, le rompe la cintura, le va a pegar, gol, 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 del que sigue ejerciendo, de monarca del fútbol mundial. Lo arranca en campo propio, pegadito en banda derecha, supera un par de jugadores, tira la pared con Frankie de Jong, se mete en el área, se la devuelve al holandés y a partir de ahí, magia pura del 10. Messi started in his own half, glided past a couple of defenders, played two on twos with Frankie de Jong before rounding the last defender and rolling the ball into the corner for one of the great Copa del Rey goals. Pure magic from the number 10, as Luis Flaquer told Cadena Ser. Messi grabbed another beautiful goal after nearly three minutes of possession and 60 passes. In just 12 minutes, Barca blew Athletic to smithereens, and it was party time by the final whistle. First, you heard the Barca squad chanting in the dressing room, President Juan Laporta front and centre, then the Barcelona players coming off the bus with the trophy, led by Gerard Piquet dousing the press in Cava before the chance kicked in again. 4-0 and a first trophy for Ronald Koeman, eight months and three days after Barcelona lost 8-2 to Bayern Munich. Yes, it has been quite the turnaround at Barcelona, so let's talk all about it now with our Barca man, Roman de Arker. First of all, congratulations. How does it feel to see Barcelona winning the trophy again? Thank you very much. I mean, it's been a while since we last won a trophy. And with all that's been happening in the club in these last few years, uh, I think it's even felt longer, you know, because let's not forget where Barcelona was coming from, all the troubles we've had lately. And I think very few of any fans expected Barca to win a trophy this season and of course if we had a shot at any for me it was uh, the Copa del Rey and they uh, managed in the end but it wasn't an easy path let's not forget some really tough games there for Barca uh, those comebacks against uh, Granada against Sevilla were, were, were memorable and it's definitely a very I think important title for the club to start looking into the future to start uh, recovering their best version of themselves because uh, we have to try and leave the past behind. It certainly wasn't an easy journey to the final, but then they absolutely dominated in the final, didn't they? They could probably have won by even more than four goals. Indeed, I mean, Barcelona had complete control of this game since the very first minute, I'd say. Uh, Early on, Frenkie de Jong already warned them with that uh, shot that hit the post, and then a few more chances came after that. And I mean, it's true that in the first half, Athletic Club defended uh, really well and Donai Simon was just so so inspired it seemed like uh, it would be very difficult to get past him because he made some amazing saves but luckily in the second half once the first goal went in I think um, all the others came more naturally and, and Barca uh, just found it much easier to score and that's why they got four and the fifth one got uh, cancelled for offside but I mean Barca definitely dominated as you said and, and could have scored plenty more goals. 
How much credit should we give to Ronald Koeman then for what he's achieved? In my opinion, he deserves a lot of credits and possibly more than many uh, will be willing to give him because, uh, as I was saying before, let's not uh, forget, you know, what Barca had to go through and in what situation Kuman came in. And also, uh, in terms of curriculum, I mean, we all know he's been a legend as a player at Barcelona, but many were doubting whether he could uh, take uh, control of a club like Barcelona, especially with no proper president, we could say, in charge. And despite all the criticism, despite lots of downs uh, during the start of the season, uh, he kept doing his work, he kept doing his thing, and he gave you know that trust to the youngsters. Some will say it was about necessity, but even if it was a necessity or not, I mean, Kuman still trusted them and gave them that continuity uh, to keep playing. And we saw it in the final with Mingueza, with Dest, with Pedri, etc. You know, and he's got the best version of the young. Uh, he seems to have Messi happy. I mean, he's doing a great job overall. And also in terms of tactical uh, stuff, you know, with that formation that seems to be working really well and how the team was capable of, of, of generating uh, through all that passing from the midfield. So, I mean, overall, I think Kuman has done a great job so far. The players were great too, of course. Who would you say, Roman, was MVP for the final? For me, it was definitely Frankie de Jong. I mean, his game was, I'd say, perfect or almost perfect. I mean, uh, he scored the goal, he got two assists, uh, but it wasn't just an attack in defense. He was also sacrificing himself. He just seemed omnipresent in this game. He was everywhere and doing things really well. His passing was on point, combining with his teammates. Uh, leading in that midfield, I think uh, Frankie de Jong uh, is, is shining this season. We were hoping at the beginning uh, to see his best version because he didn't start too well this year. But, I mean, Kuman has, has got the best out of him. And at this level, I mean, we've got a midfielder for years and years to come. And what about a star for Barcelona's entire Copa del Rey run? Was it also de Jong or someone else? It's a tricky question because I think it's been a team effort. Of course, in football it always is, but I mean that there hasn't really been a standout player all throughout the competition. Uh, I think they've all done really well, but if I have to pick somebody, I'll say Jordi Alba because I think he deserves credit for how consistent he's been uh, throughout the season and in the Copa del Rey in particular where he was crucial against Granada with those two uh, goals he scored, he also assisted and he also uh, provided assists in the game. one of the games against Sevilla, uh, one against Rayo and of course in the final against Athletic Club. So uh, Jordi Alba has proven me wrong because at the end of last season I thought it was his time uh, to move on. I thought he'd ended a cycle here at the club but uh, he definitely still had uh, something left in him and this season he's giving his all and he's doing really, really well. Yeah, he's been fantastic. I think Griezmann deserves a special mention too for what he's done in the Cup. Him and Jordi Alba both contributed to seven goals directly between goals and assists. Griezmann also played more minutes than anyone else in the Cup run, so congrats to him too on this first Copa del Rey of his career. Now, it certainly wasn't Messi's first Copa del Rey, but he looked so happy as he lifted the trophy, like really happy. What do you think then this means for his future, if anything? It's hard to predict what's going to happen with Leo Messi. Um, there's so many theories, so, ma- so much information coming out. One day he's staying, one day he's leaving. Uh, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I've always believed he's likely to stay. Uh, he did in the end for this season, and I'm hoping he will for, for the upcoming years. 
Uh, and I think this um, game could actually help him more to stay than to leave, in my opinion. Because, I mean, we all know how loyal he's been to the club, how much uh, the club has given to him and how much he's given back. And that smile on his face when he picked up the Copa del Rey was just something uh, we hadn't seen in a very long time here. And he just looked so genuinely happy, you know. And I really do believe that he wants to succeed here if possible. And it's a great opportunity for him to, for him to, to keep believing um, in Barcelona. But of course, it also depends a lot on the economic situation of the club, on what they can offer him and what he's willing to accept. So I wouldn't say this game will be decisive in any way, but it definitely helps a bit, in my opinion, to, to keep him closer uh, to Barcelona. There were no fans at the stadium, and it seems fans were also responsible by staying away from Canaletas too. Did you notice any kind of cup final atmosphere in Barcelona this weekend? Well, with the current pandemic, it's all changed a lot, right? I mean, um, you don't really appreciate the atmosphere in the same way. And especially here in Catalonia and Barcelona, it's, it's even harder because in the afternoon you can't even uh, go to a bar from five onwards. So... Uh, it's maybe not the ideal moment to actually appreciate the real uh, Kule fan base uh, enjoying or, or getting ready for the moment. And as you said, after a night in Canaletas, there was absolutely nobody. It was deserted because there's a curfew where you have to be at home by 10 o'clock. So nobody was willing uh, to get a fine. But after the game ended, I did hear a few fireworks in my neighborhood. So people were definitely happy. And the next morning you could see uh, little kids wearing their Barca shirt really proudly. So uh, that's a bit of the atmosphere we did get. And hopefully uh, we can get back the usual sensation of, of living a game like this. Absolutely. Now, lastly, a word about Athletic Club. How tough do you think these two lost finals in two weeks have been for them? It's devastating for them, for sure. And the best example is Dani Garcia, who spoke on TV after the game. And they actually asked him that once the season ended, would he be proud with uh, all they've done, winning a Supercopa de España, making it to two uh, Copa finals. Uh, but he was clear to say that, uh, no, that, that wouldn't be the case. Because first of all, um, he's not sure how many more Copa del Rey finals he's going to get to play, if any. So he missed out on two great opportunities. And the same thing with qualifying for a European competition. He was saying that it was kind of one of his dreams, you know, to play in Europe. And then this was a great shot at that. And uh, he missed that shot and he might not get it again. So he was really, really disappointed. And you could also see a similar disappointment in Raul Garcia, who after the game needed to be uh, cheered up by his teammates, by workers of the club. And in the last 20 minutes or so of the game, Raul Garcia kept doing these gestures of, 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 of yeah, disappointment, of anger, of, of being annoyed. And, I mean, this can't be easy, you know, to lose uh, two Copa del Rey finals, and especially one being uh, your local rivals in um, Euskadi and the other one, of course, your uh, rivals in La Copa del Rey. So definitely a very, very uh, hard way to, to lose for Athletic. Yeah, very hard, but we all know Athletic will be back. For Barcelona, it's time to celebrate, and even more so because Real Madrid dropped points in La Liga, which we'll get to in part two. And the Barcelona women's team won 9-0 to keep up their ridiculous form too, and Barca B earned a big win over Villarreal B as well. I mean, it really was Barcelona's perfect weekend, but 
There's still so much more to discuss apart from that, and we'll do that after this short pause. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome back to this episode of La Liga Lowdown. It's our Match Day 33 recap, even though they've not played Match Day 31 or 32 yet. Yeah, confusing, I know, but Atletico Madrid will be glad that they got to play their fixture against bottom-placed Ibar because they got back to winning ways, and in a big way. There was no Luis Suarez or Joao Felix, but they won 5-0 with a brace from Angel Correa, another from Marcos Juventi, and a goal from Yannick Carrasco too. That's a win that... I think it might turn out to be worth more than just three points for Atleti. It's a win that gives them new confidence for the final match days, even more so because Real Madrid dropped points away at Atafi. They drew 0-0 and it was a match with some really extraordinary circumstances for Real Madrid. They had so many players out through suspension, injury and coronavirus that they only had 12 senior outfield players for this trip. Let's discuss it now with Real Madrid fan Hassan Karim. Considering all the absences that Real Madrid had going into the game has, with even Tony Cruz and Karim Benzema only able to make the bench at the start, what did you think then of this performance? I actually think even given all the issues that were going into this game with absences and things like that, it was quite an unacceptable performance. I just think the players that should have stepped up and could have stepped up didn't step up. Um, you know, of course Benzema and Cruz are two huge players, but you can't stay reliant on those t- same two consistently all the time. And of course, there's other ones in that scenario as well. But, you know, the likes of Vinicius, the likes of Rodrigo, the likes of Asensio should be stepping up. And they didn't step up whatsoever. Mariano Diaz, again, given the opportunity to step up and didn't step up. Once again, showing that there are too many individuals within this team who are both not good enough and just not good enough to be at the club in general, to be honest. And it just shows that a clear out is still needed. 
you know, Isco, another one that came in, he was okay again, but didn't really do anything of note to really take this performance and and turn it around. So just disappointed, in all honesty. Very, very disappointed. Marcelo spoke after the game and wasn't quite as disappointed as you, I don't think, because he said it's a point earned and not two points dropped. He said that this is the case because of the circumstances. You don't agree then, do you? I actually think this is a really ridiculous and mentally weak take from Marcelo. The man that was wearing the armband in this game, he should be the one that's spurring them on to go and get all three points, not settling for a draw. Um, you know, considering the situation, the title race is tight. You know, every single game is pretty much must win at this stage. There's enough quality within that team to be playing well enough and getting those three points. So the fact that he's sitting there saying, yeah, well, injuries this and injuries that. Hatafe haven't been good this season. They haven't scored a lot. You know, and they've been quite just very, very much not the same side they were last year. So the fact that he's willingly sitting there and saying, yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's just showing that there's plenty of work still to be done to this squad in the summer. Um, and Marcelo himself wasn't good enough in this game. I don't think he was particularly impressive at all. So really, really frustrated by his comments, to be honest. I just think that's lazy excuse more than anything else. It was in midfield that Real Madrid were really lacking, so Luka Modric was basically the only natural central midfielder in the game. What did you make of his do-it-all performance? Whilst he's looked pretty much superhuman all season, I think this was the game where we actually saw how tired Luka Modric is, and I think that's through no fault of his own, because the man was everywhere. Um, I think it was particularly towards the end of the game, there was a couple of frames where at one point he was on the right wing, and at one point he was at left back. The man was everywhere, covered every little inch of that field. Um, and, you know, he did the best he could, but, you know, even in this game, he made some mistakes. There was a couple that he did make. Um, and they looked more like tired mistakes than anything else. But, you know, it's, it's just one of those situations where he's doing the best he can, but, you know, with limited rest and limited help in this scenario as well, you know, he was quite often just the sort of lone driving force from midfield and it showed in a lot of those positions you know he's dropping quite deep playing the Tony Cruz role in that sense um, and Real suffered as a result going forward because they didn't have his line breaking runs or his just his general aura that he brings you know and the attention that he brings from the opposing team so they definitely suffered as a result of him having to do that kind of do it all thing um, I hope that's the last time he has to do that to be honest now, some players will soon be back from suspension or injury or COVID, but are you worried about the fatigue that seems apparent in the squad that was so apparent in certain players in this game? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's quite concerning, to be honest, because, you know, it's it's very clear this squad is knackered. Um, Modric, you know, making sloppy mistakes, which is very unlike him in this game. Um, even Benzema, when he came on, was very, very... You know, ineffective, which again isn't like him as of late. Vinicius as well, you know, been shining up until this point and then today just couldn't seem to get anything going. So the squad is tired and they do need options back, you know. Yeah, you know, Eden Hazard definitely needs to come back in and somewhat hit the ground running. I feel like we've been saying that for I don't know how long now, but it needs to happen. You know, Casemiro is vital. There's nobody there that's able to fill it. You know, you know, fill that role for him adequately. You know, Valverde was just coming into the, you know, into his own somewhat in form wise um, before this, you know, COVID um, alert came up. So it's it's definitely important that these players come back because the squad definitely needs 
a lot of them, you know, and most of the injuries that we're suffering right now are very, very volatile players as well. So, yeah, they certainly need it just to keep the uh, the first team sort of rolling and just to provide some options as well. Okay, thanks, Hass. So, the situation at the top of the table is as follows. Atletico Madrid are top on 70 points. Real Madrid are second on 67. Barcelona are third on 65, although they play the game less. Then in fourth, it's Sevilla on 64. They're right up there after coming from behind and winning 2-1 at Real Sociedad. So let's speak to our man in Seville now. That's Gregor Chappelle. And Gregor, we've seen two comeback victories from Sevilla this week. Confidence must be absolutely sky high in the team right now. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's three huge results on the bounce now, if you count the 1-0 win against Atletico as well. Confidence must be sky high. I mean, you can see it when they drop behind. They never seem to doubt that they can pull it back. Their heads just don't seem to be going down when they're in difficult spots in matches. And that just shows, you know, you can see that there's definitely a character and uh, togetherness in that team. They love playing for each other and playing for the manager, and you can see that with the results they're grinding out and how they just never, ever, ever stop. Fernando, who is supposed to be the defensive midfielder, he's now scored in back-to-back games. The fact he's getting forward more, does that show Sevilla are being more attacking? Like, do you think they're throwing caution to the wind a little? (laughs) I mean, yeah, he suddenly... Found his shooting boots, hasn't he? I mean, he's scoring every week now. Um, but I think you can see from the last few results that the games have been a bit more open um, in the last few weeks. And I think the way they see it is that fourth place is all but secured at this point, And they're really not too far off the top of the league. So it seems to me, like you said, that they have thrown caution to the wind a bit and are just throwing everything they have at it to see just how high they can finish in the table and see how strongly they can finish this season. Yeah, in the Serie and Monchi both spoke after the match about dreaming of winning La Liga. So what is the sense in Seville? Do people really think they can challenge for the title? Well, I think if you said to a Serie fan at the start of the season that they'd win the league, they'd look at you a bit funny. But I, I think I made a bold call at the start of the year and I said that they could split Real Madrid and Barcelona because well, given how kind of unconvincing they both were, especially Barcelona at that time and you never know I might not be a million miles off that I could have called that perfectly but you know I think most people think they'll finish well and with a slip up or two from the teams above them they could end up climbing the table a little bit I mean they do a lot of fans here do see it as a very difficult job they know that they'll need a few results to go their way but they don't see it as being impossible I mean they have some very winnable matches between now and the end of the season but really the big game week is game week 35. Um, Barcelona are at home to Atletico Madrid and Sevilla visit uh, Real Madrid so that weekend will obviously play a huge role in the title race and it's one that everyone's kind of looking to which will probably define where they're going to end up being and where a lot of teams are going to end up finishing that kind of top four but you know as the club motto says uh, nunca se rinde which means you know never give up and I'm sure they definitely won't and for me, it's been a mad season all over Europe with this kind of strange coronavirus year we're having. And I definitely believe they have the players and the manager. Well, with the players and the manager they have, they should be dreaming big. I mean, stranger things have happened, are happening in other leagues. And after all, what's the point in supporting a club if you can't 
dream and dream big and dream that you're going to achieve something unthinkable. Yeah, I 100% agree. Another reason from my point of view why the Super League is a mechanism for killing dreams, not inspiring them. Anyway, lastly, Gregor, just about Carlos Fernandez, who was playing for Real Sociedad against the team he left in January. It was typical that he would score his first Real Sociedad goal against his former side, wasn't it? I mean, you should have put money on that, shouldn't you? I mean, ex-players always seem to manage to score against their old side. It's just, it's just, it's almost an unwritten rule. <laughs> um, it's also typical that it was his first goal for Real Sociedad and it came against Sevilla, but I suppose, you know, he didn't celebrate, so we can't complain too much. And the result went Sevilla's way in the end, so no damage done. Thanks, Gregor. Yep, no damage done indeed. Well, a little damage done to Real Sociedad's hopes of getting back into Europe. They're now down to 7th because Villarreal defeated Levante 5-1 in their local Valencian community derby. A really impressive result, that one from Unai Emery's men just days after making it into the Europa League semi-finals. So, bravo to them. And Real Sociedad also slipped down because Real Betis had picked up a point against Valencia in a 2-2 draw that... It featured some really good quality strikes from distance. Definitely watch the highlights of this if you've not already. There was also a Carlos Soler penalty that made it to do Pagan Real Betis back. But even still, they move up a spot in the table and it's going to be really interesting in that European race now because we now know that 7th place does bring a ticket to the new Conference League tournament. That's because Barcelona won the cup and the European spot that goes with that, but they'll already be qualified for Europe anyway. So... Watch this space and watch Granada in 8th. They didn't have a fixture this weekend, but don't put another run towards Europe past them. Down towards the relegation battle we go to finish off this matchday recap. I've already mentioned that bottom-placed Ibar got thrashed 5-0 by Atletico Madrid. Second bottom, Alaves shot all the way out of the relegation zone with a 1-0 win over Huesca. Rodrigo Battaglia scoring the only goal five minutes from time. Elche, they're now second bottom. They went away to Osasuna and played a really toothless game, to be honest, losing 2-0. Then it's Real Valladolid rounding out the bottom three, although they're another of the teams that didn't play this weekend. Then the only other fixture I've not mentioned yet was Cadiz versus Celta Vigo, a match between two teams comfortably in mid-table. Celta Vigo were much better in the game, but couldn't find a way through and it finished 0-0. On that note, we've reached the end of a recap of this slightly weird match day 33 and Copadori final weekend. Thanks to Ruby Barlow, Roman de Arquer, Hassan Karim and Gregor Chappelle for joining me and contributing to this episode. I've been your McTeer, your host, and I'll be back with the gang very soon because there's midweek action in La Liga this week. So, we'll have another match day recap episode coming your way first thing on Friday morning. So, speak to you then, and thanks for listening now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 